On today's episode, I sat down with John Garrett, product manager at Perspective. John joins us to talk about empathic design, what it is, and why we should care about it. John also explains why what customers say, think, and feel is so often counter to what they actually do and how we can leverage empathy to uncover the true problems your customers are facing. This was a really great conversation. I'm excited for you to hear what John has to say. So let's get started. Hey, John, welcome to the podcast. Hello. So John, to kick, to kick things off, could you give the listeners a introduction of yourself, your, your background and, and what you're doing today? Yeah, sure. Hi, um, my name is John Garrett. I'm a product manager at a company called Perspectum. Uh, we're based out of Oxford in the UK. Um, and we work on um, quite a specific piece of technology, which is to do with um, basically uh, supporting uh, doctors to work out um, how they can help diagnose patients. And this is specifically around certain types of liver disease. Um, so we have software products that enable uh, clinicians to make that diagnosis by basically giving them more information about how a patient's liver um, has been affected by disease. Uh, and so I work on a web-based product that um, allows um, this kind of visual information to be uploaded from around the world and allows doctors to see uh, what's going on with patients. It's very cool. So I would, under, I would imagine that in the healthcare space, um, you'd have to take the, the user's needs and concerns into to consideration and kind of their experience through, through the process of this. And so today we, we wanna talk about empathetic software design. So could you introduce the, the topic of, of what is uh, empathetic software design? Yeah, sure. Um, there's actually a little bit of a story to this. I'm not gonna go into it too much, but um, it became a kind of a personal interest of mine a few years ago. I was working for a company based in Dublin in Ireland. And I can actually remember when I first started thinking about, I guess, what I call um, empathetic software design. Um, it was a very early morning meeting in the middle of winter in this office with no heating. Um, and I was trying desperately to um, get some requirements out of a customer who was based in Australia, hence the early morning meeting. And I can remember wearing gloves in this office and a jacket and seeing my breath and just thinking, I want this to be over as soon as possible. Um, and at the same time, I was trying to work out a requirement for basically what was, what was essentially just a button uh, to be added to the UI of this application. Uh, and this application was uh, for nurses and doctors to be used on kind of like a, similar to a tablet or an iPad. Um, and yeah, I was going through these questions and I was thinking, you know, there must be a better way to do this. I was, I was trying to get more information about um, how these doctors and nurses were working on the ward because um, the whole idea was that they're able to use this kind of application to do what we call uh, nurse rounds which is where they just kind of ask information about a patient and get more uh, details so they can kind of work out what's going on how the patient's feeling etc um, and it was to do with this specific element of the UI and I was asking these very kind of structured questions about you know where this button could be placed and, and how it could look and all this sort of stuff and as the room kind of got colder um, <laughs> and the meeting kind of dragged on, I just sort of started wondering to myself, is there any way that we could, you know, have some sort of technique which just like helps me to understand the environment they're in? Because it's one thing to ask a lot of questions, but it's another to actually to be able to experience, you know, the job that someone else is doing. Um, and literally, I think it was that day, later on in the day, I started sort of, because I knew the concept of empathy. My mum's a psychotherapist. And I knew that it was quite an important concept. And I thought, is there any way that, you know, people are starting to combine this concept of empathy with software design. Um, 
And essentially, I mean, you know, empathy itself is quite simple. It's about putting yourself in someone else's shoes. There are, there are many kind of long and wordy descriptions, but really it comes down to that. And the concept of empathic design or empathetic software design is exactly that. It's combining um, putting yourself in someone's shoes with um, techniques that we use in software to basically just try and get a feel for, for what your customer's doing. And I know that there's things like user stories and the industry kind of has advanced quite a bit, but I just think um, there are a few kind of better techniques which seem to be emerging that people can use to really put themselves in the customer's shoes. Uh, and that's what kind of started my, uh, my own kind of personal interest in it is, is how can I make that better? Um, so that, that's basically where uh, empathic design came from or empathetic software design. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, we, we can we can do user interviews and, and hear their feedback, but um, and a lot of times we we might think that we are the customer because we use a product that we build, but it, you know the the robustness of our user base goes a lot broader than than us ourselves, and so getting into the the day in the life of a of a user to to feel what they feel and see what they see that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I found out that there were um, some techniques which I had no idea about before, uh, which I can talk about in a second. But that, but what you just said about someone, you know, getting into the mind of someone and what they're thinking and what they're feeling is really, really important. Because, like you say, I mean, you can do all the interviews you like and you can kind of gauge requirements on a, on a kind of um, a very kind of product based level. But without really knowing, you know, what the person's doing and, and you know, and being there almost, it's very, very difficult to um, to work out, you know, how to design the product that's really going to make them happy. Absolutely. And so you mentioned a couple of times that, you know, empathetic software design and, and building empathy into your, your design and development processes is kind of emerging today. And so why, why do you think that it's even more important today to take an empathy driven approach to design and development than ever before? Um, I think that especially over the past kind of 15, 20 years, I mean, um, applications have just advanced so much. I mean, more than anybody could really predict. I mean, if you consider that it wasn't actually that long ago that people were using like green screen systems uh, and, and very old clunky databases to get um, data into a computer, particularly in healthcare as well. So healthcare um, is often a little bit behind the curve. Um, often you'll see some really old kind of uh, dated computer systems that these poor doctors and nurses have to use. Um, not always, but a lot of the time, um, you know, they have to they have to use these very old complex systems. And it seems as though for quite some time, you know, user interface, design thinking, and particularly empathy has kind of been an afterthought. Um, and the systems that we're seeing these days, I mean, they're incredibly complex. If you consider, um, you know, the average person is using their phone uh, for all sorts of different applications. Um, and they're used to, you know, intuitive designs. Um, and they're used to applications working for them. And yet often when they get to their workplace, they find something which is a lot more difficult to use. It's not so intuitive. It can generally be designed basically for, for um, grabbing information um, about the customers that they deal with or grabbing information for finance. Um, and often that doesn't really lend itself to a, to a good user experience. So as these systems have got more complex, I think uh, perhaps, you know, the whole empathic design concept has kind of been left behind. Until very recently, I have noticed um, very recently that people are starting to wake up to it a bit. I'm seeing more and more posts on LinkedIn, uh, more and more blog posts talking about how important um, really engaging the users is. Um, and so I think for the first time in the past few years, we're starting to see 
computer systems actually catch up um, with users themselves. Um, and obviously, especially at the moment, and given everything that's happening with, with COVID, um, people are even more aware um, of systems having to really kind of meet their needs and be personal. Um, and I know there's a lot of pressures as well. One of the things I think it's really important to think about is the type of pressure that someone's under in a job. Um, you know, especially in a healthcare environment where there might be, you know, patients with changing conditions all the time. They might literally be running between wards and things. Technology can often be something that's, um, you know, it's not really something they're thinking about. It can often be about entering details of a patient and not so much about, um, you know, the doctor who could have been working like a 12 hour shift. Um, so I think we're getting better. Um, and I think healthcare is particularly important because, you know, it's kind of ironic that you're dealing with patients and you're dealing with understanding them. And yet a lot of the time we're not really understanding the users. So um, I think that's, that's why it's more important. Systems are more complex. Um, they're starting to get more personal. And I just think that, you know, the software industry in some cases kind of needs to catch up a little bit. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that, especially on like the, the B2B side and, and more, I guess, industries that are traditionally not digitally focused or tech driven um it it feels like there there has been a bit of catching up that's needed to be done in those spaces for sure yeah so uh, there's there's going to be product managers listening who have full-time designers working on their team and and they may be sitting here thinking you know we're talking about um, empathic design so how does it how does this impact me what what would you tell them as as their role in this process um i think I mean, depending on the company, obviously, because the product manager role can vary depending on the type of company. We know that sometimes it can be a little more kind of internal facing, uh, especially maybe with kind of um, B2B software. Um, But I think if you're in that position where you are interfacing with the customers, even if it's just like a a kind of salesy kind of role, um, you're essentially the voice or you should be really um, communicating, you know, what the customers kind of want. And I know there's roles like analyst and and obviously um, designers play a part. But I think quite often as the product manager, you get to meet the customers face to face and you get to kind of hear a lot of their concerns, especially if things aren't working well, uh, you'll be the first to know about it. Um, and so I think, especially when it comes to empathic design, the product manager is really at the forefront of, of working out what users want. Um, and they may not even know it. They may not even know that this information they're getting and this, this idea of the setting in which their customers work um, is that important. But I think it really is. Um, and I think it would be good for product managers to take more of a role in, in this empathic software design and, you know, communicate it with their team, of course, and get everyone else involved. Um, but I think they're, they're, they're key to um, really understanding the users. And, you know, one of the things I'm trying to get across is these techniques that they can use um, to try and be a little bit more mindful of how, uh, you know, empathetic software design could work for them. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And, and we had a, a situation at my company, Swipe Clock, recently where, um, you know, we, we offer products for a lot of different industries, but hotels happen to be one of them. And we were kind of beating ourselves over the head with an issue of why folks at hotels, employees at hotels couldn't use our, our hardware software product until we actually went out on site and observed them using it and light bulbs started shooting off as to what the real issues were. Um, So to to your point, I mean, it's it's powerful when you can go and see and spend a day in the life with your your user. 
it's key. And I, and I think, you know, one of the kind of tragic things about a lot of software designers that can rarely happen sometimes, especially in B2B. I mean, um, you know, some companies I've worked for, you can kind of count um, on one hand the amount of times you've actually been able to go out and see your software being used in the field. Um, and one of the one of the stories that always tends to come back is um, I never knew that the software was being used in that way. Um, you know, users, as we know, will find all sorts of weird and wonderful ways to use your software that you, you could never envisage. Um, but that's such good knowledge to have because, you know, you're getting to see how they're kind of working around things or things, you know, things don't work as they should. And they're finding these new ways, sometimes really creative ways to use it. But the most important part is you're, you're literally kind of seeing the environment in which they have to work. Um, so I would advocate to anyone listening, you know, if you can uh, try to get out there and see how your software is used, because it can it can really open your eyes to you know, how the product's actually being used. Completely agree. So in times, especially like now where we're faced with a global pandemic and, and tensions are running high amongst amongst some folks. What do you suggest we do if, if meeting with users in person isn't as easy as it might be under normal uh, circumstances it is a difficult one and i mean even under even under different circumstances i think it's difficult um you know if you if you don't have that kind of face-to-face -face relationship with your customers then it can be very tricky to kind of evoke um, the sorts of responses that you want and one of the things um, that's important to note is that you know we're all humans here we all have our own kind of pressures uh, thoughts and feelings about our jobs um, and it can be very difficult to, to get the honest answers out of people. And that's not necessarily because people are actively lying. It's just that, um, you know, someone coming to you um, face to face and saying, tell me what you want can be a little bit intimidating. Whereas if you've built up a relationship with that customer um, and you know that they kind of trust you and will give you honest answers, um, then that's a much, much better way of kind of getting towards um, how you should be building the product. Now that's an ideal situation, obviously, especially in larger companies, it's really difficult to, to kind of get those sort of relationships. But having said that, um, some of the things I discovered when I was uh, kind of researching empathic or empathetic software design is that there are techniques. Um, there are techniques that you can use and these don't have to be necessarily face-to-face. -face. These can be things that you can just do based on your own kind of research about the customer that can help you really figure out uh, their environment. Um, and the three main uh, techniques that I found one, of course, is the one that I'm sure everyone's going to be familiar with, and that's the user story. Um, so that's the classic, as a, I want, so that, um, or whichever kind of flavor that you've got. But essentially that's saying, you know, this is my job, this is what I want out of the product, and here's the reason why. And that's good, but I just think um, to be able to really kind of figure out what, what you know, the product should do, you need to go a little bit further. And so I found uh, two other techniques. One of them is called an empathy map. Um, and if you Google empathy map, I mean, you'll see loads of them. And essentially a lot of them just look like a kind of crosshair. So there'll be a cross um, and there'll be, it'll be divided up into four sections, which is um, what your user says, what your user does, what they think and what they feel. And if you can sketch out, um, say, when someone's going through a use case for your product, uh, what's going on in those four areas, then you get a slightly more rich kind of view of what's going on. Um, and I basically, in a presentation, um, used some examples. Um, so I used some examples just from characters from, from um, a TV series, just because I knew that everyone would kind of know those characters and be able to kind of practice the technique. And it actually turned out to be really useful because one of the interesting things is that um, what people say and do and what they think and feel can be very, very different. Uh, obviously, in the professional environment, you know, 
saying what you think might not, not always be the best uh, idea. But if you can start to kind of, um, you know, think about those concepts with your customer, um, especially when it comes to healthcare as well. For instance, we've got, you know, doctors who might be rushed off their feet. They might be kind of almost on autopilot when they're doing certain tasks. Um, they can be thinking about something completely different. So just merely having that kind of empathy map for people and, and trying to think a little bit more about the environment in which they're in can really help you out. Um, and then another technique I found was the, the user persona. Um, and I found that this is often used in marketing quite a bit. So not so much in healthcare, but in marketing, uh, you'll often find that um, a company will try and really map out their user in terms of an actual person. So they'll come up with a character, it can be Joe Bloggs, and they'll say, you know, they're 20 years old, they like spending money on fashion, they come from this sort of socio-economic group. Um, and they just kind of, they even sometimes put in a little picture of the person and um, a little bit more information about what this person kind of does on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and often that's used for selling, but I think it can also be used quite well in software. So figuring out your user, if you come up with a kind of, I mean, it's hard to come up with an average, but if you do try and jot some ideas down about the sort of person that you think your user is, then you might be quite surprised um, and be able to kind of just, you know, put yourself in their shoes a little bit more. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's, you can't really develop personas unless you're talking to users back to the original point, right? Like sometimes marketing organizations can be tempted to guess at who their personas are and, and make stuff that they don't go back to and revise over time. But if you're constantly engaged with users, you can more accurately uh, build personas that marketing can then use to help sell. Exactly. And I mean, you know, it's easy for me to say use these techniques, but to be perfectly honest, I think a lot of the work happens before you start using techniques. A lot of the work actually happens on building those relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not something that's easy to quantify. To be able to build a good relationship with a customer takes time. Um, you usually have to be able to, you know, go through some difficult issues together. Um, you have to kind of try and form some, some trust and, and respect if you can. And that kind of takes time. And then what you find is that when you do get to the point where you can use these techniques, it becomes a lot easier because you know that, you know, the stuff that you're writing down is probably, um, it's, it's going to be more honest because you're going to have a better idea of the customer anyway. So it's kind of a combination of techniques, but also just that, you know, the classic kind of rapport building um, that, that needs to be done beforehand. Definitely. And so as our listeners go out and they, they attempt to either start with empathic design or improve upon their, their current efforts. What are some pitfalls that you've seen when trying to design with empathy that we should be aware of? Um, I mean, I think if you, if you don't use those sort of techniques, if you do go back to the old kind of interview questions, um, a lot of the time you, you just don't get to what you really need. I think that um, going straight in with kind of quite specific questions can be a bit cold. Um, even if you were to do sort of ethnographic research or, um, try and you know map say websites based on stats and where people go it can be very difficult because you're really just seeing quite cold sort of information without any of the the relationship that kind of goes around that um, so I think as I mentioned before one of the things to do is to you know employ these techniques but but do it after you've built that relationship otherwise the information that you get back um, may not be of much use kind of later down the line um, so yeah, don't, don't kind of make the mistake of, of trying to, um, go in with the techniques without you, without having that relationship. That's the first one. Um, and, and secondly as well, um, you know, don't kind of assume that these are going to 
capture all of the requirements. I mean, even using all three of those techniques plus a good relationship doesn't necessarily mean that you'll still get um, good requirements. There can be other factors involved. If the company's going through change, if um, you know there's a, there's a very heavy focus on uh, things that take away from empathy, so if there's a heavy focus on things like maybe security or regulations, um, all of these can affect kind of interactions with people further down the line. And that may not be something that's easy to get through, really. That may just kind of take time. Um, but I think by doing research into the company and kind of how you think the company might operate and, the, you know, if they're a big company, are they going to be less open to this sort of stuff? Um, I think basically doing your research beforehand is another really important thing because, you know, if you talk to someone um, and it's clear that you've done your homework, then they're going to be more open to you and they're going to start to tell you kind of what they really want. Whereas if you just go in and approach it as another interview, then I think um, you're more likely to not really get the information that you want. Yeah. And I think that makes sense, right? Cause I mean, even looking at it from a sales perspective, that's why it's so important to build rapport is so you can bring those guards down. And so I think if we take that same mentality, like you're saying in, in product management, where we're trying to do that initial discovery work and we build that rapport, that guard will come down and we'll get a lot more uh, truthful and accurate information. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John, this has been great. Uh, I really appreciate you come on and, and, and kind of sharing your experience with empathic design and, and where you've seen it kind of going and uh, what works and, and the pitfalls that, that could come up. So thanks for coming on and sharing with, with me and with the listeners. No problem. That was John Garrett, product manager at Perspectum. Regardless the industry you're in or how long you've been in product, John shared some great advice around the psychology of our customers and how you can do a better job at understanding the implicit problems that would probably never be explicitly stated. Really excited that I got to sit down with John and have this conversation. But before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. And if you have any feedback on the podcast, please let us know in your review. And as always, I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Podcast. <laughs>